listener exclusive. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. It is Monday, August the 29th. I don't think I said Monday properly then. It is Monday, <laughs> August the 29th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. Uh, my name is Charlie Clawson. Between our producer, Mike, pointing threatningly at us, like off <laughs> mic, that's what to signal to me. go in. you stuffing up the Monday. intro. Monday. <laughs> it was very, very like... It was very threatening. I felt like it was when um, was it was it Clarko who went over and threatened Matthew Lloyd in that game where there was that that huge brawl where Matthew Lloyd ran through Brad Sewell and then Clarko went up and pointed at him said you're next mate like you're fucking next. We know that um, 2022 was going to be podcast Mike's big year of football, but yeah, you know as as he's pointed out on this podcast, the AFL had to sort their shit out first. <laughs> But I've, I've got to be honest with you, Charlie. It feels like the AFL have sorted their shit out. So is it too late for Podcast Mike? Should we not be thinking about 2023 as Podcast Mike's big year of footy? Is there a chance that Podcast Mike, much like Bevo's bottom boys, can just mount a heroic finals campaign? Can he jump All on right. board now <laughs> for this like, and just have a big month of footy in 2022? And I think... He's come into this episode with the sort of energy that I say, yes, yes, he can. Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, this is a rare night game for us. Um, We most often record in the morning on a Monday. Um, So conditions are a bit different. It's a bit dewier. You've got to play a different kind of game. Um, We're using yellow computers, (laughs) which are easier to see under lights. I don't know. This metaphor (laughs) ran aground a long time ago. Uh, but yes, we came off the boat. What's your? I'm sure we've yes. discussed this every year, but uh, just re- remind the listeners: what's your take on pre-finals bye week? Well, I mean, as the major beneficiaries of the pre-finals bye week, <laughs> yeah, one in 2016, the Bulldogs. What do you reckon? <laughs> like, <laughs> let, let, I don't know, Charlie. Let's see if we have a psychic connection. I'm going to think of what my answer is, and you say it, and I'll tell you if it's correct. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's amazing. What a connection the two of us have. So. Well, it's, it's funny. I, I imagine if I was anyone but a Bulldog supporter, if I was someone who had a team that was in the finals or, you know, anyone associated with the clubs in the finals, it would be very anxious. I would be wanting to get on with it. But as someone who does a football adjacent podcast, which once again, my team completely uh, let everyone down and, and, and did not even make finals. I've enjoyed having some time away thinking about at least the men's football. The AFLW, of course, uh, started this week. First time in history, 18 teams. And it was um, pretty good to actually watch the Saints get a win. <laughs> the Saints get a win over the Swans. 
Yeah. I mean, you know what to expect. It's good to see the Saints playing at this time of the year, right, Charlie? Like, Absolutely. You know, it doesn't matter if there's the AFLW team. And I think this is a great piece of timing. So if we're talking about one of the real upsides of the bye week, and I think there are a couple. One is, okay, Jared Waitley was making a very good case against this bye this morning. And when Jared Waitley speaks about football, I pay attention. Like, but a lot by of the way... Time- yeah. Has Jared been like he's been angry this year, hasn't he? Like yeah, by Jared's definitely. standards, like more often than not, we've brought him up on the show because he is angry about something or he's flustered, just can't work it out. Well, you know what he is like. I, he feels like uh, what's that uh, famous um, news movie network? I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Like I'm he is rather through- bothered and I've got a few things I want to say about it. That's that's Jared's take on him as mad as I'm hell. I'm rather bothered and I'm going to yeah. lobby for my position in a respectful manner. Yeah. And first I'll, I'll say some things that are good about the issue at hand and then I'll get into my negative points. Well, I mean, the psychological torture of walking, working alongside Robbo mm. for all that time eventually that's going to wear on you. And also, so he was saying basically that if you look at the statistics, it just doesn't favour the top four anymore in the way that the previous final system without the buy used to favour the top four. So it means that if you're in the bottom four of the final eight, you have more of a chance of like mounting a finals campaign and winning the premiership than you did under the old system. So mm. then it just depends on whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing. And I get the idea that as a Bulldogs fan, of course, I have reason to think that's a good thing. But in general, I think that's a good thing. I like the fact that, you know, each of the clubs gets a reset. You get an opportunity to hopefully get like a fit list together. You get an opportunity to rest all your players, fine tune them for the game. I think in a general sense, even the idea that, yes, it's great that you made the top four, but, like, if you've got teams that are finishing, like, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth who all basically won the same amount of games and we're not playing in a competition where we play evenly against every team, then I think that is unfair to give those top four teams that extra advantage because, like, maybe they play two bottom teams or maybe they play more home games or maybe they have... Like, could you really honestly say that with the home ground advantage that the Geelong have that it would be fair to give them... An, an extra unfair advantage for finishing in the top four. I'm not sure it is. I wasn't aware that statistically it, it did give the bottom four teams a chance, which is yeah. good. I think that's good. I mean, I am definitely in the camp of, sure, like I love the idea that when it gets to September, it gets unpredictable. You could have been the team that won the minor premiership, but then all of a sudden you basically reset for the start mm. of finals. It is funny though, I wonder what David King's going to do. Because David King loves being, he's very emphatic and definitive when he comes out and says like what teams are winning, what teams are losing, what they can do and can't do. And he's always like, you can't win it from the bottom four or the eight. It's just not possible. It just can't be done. It's been done. It's happened once in a blue moon, but it just can't happen. I've heard it's him say once that. In the, once in the last five years. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's happened, you know, it almost happened again last year. I mean, up until halfway through the third quarter, it was happening again last year. So... I I like that what they did last year with the... I mean, there was something great about having a buy. Are we missing the opportunity, Charlie? Let's go the other end. Let's even it out a bit because the whole big thing is, oh, okay, you know, is it an unfair advantage to have a buy and then if you win a game, you have like another week off. Let's stretch out the finals. Let's mm. just play every second week. 
And yeah. in between, we play the <laughs> AFLW because that's what I was going to say was the great thing about the bye was oh, alternating this AFLW season, alternate weeks, right? So yeah. you keep the vibe going, you're engaged in your team. But even better than that, all 18 teams have a team in the AFLW. So, like, if your season's over with your men's team, you're like, well, fuck that shit. I'm getting on board with the women's team. And much like you, Charlie, you have an instant convert. That That's where you make your sale. If you're the women's team and yep. your men's team hasn't made the finals, this is your great opportunity to get those fans on board. Yeah, I mean, I was watching the Essendon Hawks game and it was, bo- it was both their inaugural uh, uh, games. And I was like, geez... I don't like wish any, you know, especially uh, like a new team to the competition, but if Essendon lose this as well, <laughs> like, I mean, like part of me was like, come on, let's just go for the hat trick. Let's just see what happens if the women get absolutely, they didn't, they didn't get smashed in. There's actually 12,000 people at Marvel, which is a really good turnout. You and, know, uh, it would have been with Essendon though, like halfway through the game, they would have been talking about replacing the coach. That would have been yeah. the problem. <laughs> It was interesting after the game, or maybe it was even before yes. then, Beck Goddard, the Hawks coach, was talking about, because she grew up a Hawks supporter before yeah. she you know, got involved professionally in football, and she was saying how much she hated Essendon. <laughs> like, and it was, you don't hear that in the men's comp too often. Like, you'll hear them say, yeah, you know, there's a strong rivalry between the clubs, but yeah. she's like, ah, oh, no, nah, just hate them. Just hated them. Like, just grew up hating Essendon. Don't want to beat Essendon more than anything in the world. <laughs> I mean, I love Beck Goddard. She is so good for the AFLW. She's just such a strong personality and like very funny, no bullshit. Um, so she came and saw uh, came and saw my comedy festival show this year in Melbourne, Beck mm. Goddard, which I was very thrilled about. Is that um, after she got off stage doing Nanette? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, you're not the only one who does comedy around here, mate. <laughs> That'll be the ultimate insult to me. In a pocket profile one day, somebody will be asked who their favourite comedian is and they'll say, Charlie Clawson from the AFL Adjacent Podcast, Two Guys, One Cup. He's great. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. So she came no, no. to see your show. Uh, no, no, no. I, I didn't have much of a story other than, oh. other than... Well, then you should be thanking me for saving you with a zinger. No, I was. That's what I oh. jumped on board, mate. We okay, were, right. It's only this thing that we're doing right now that's ruined it. Up until then, <laughs> it was fine. Well, I'm not the only one who likes to ruin things, uh, Will. Um, oh. Kane Corns uh, couldn't help himself. It was a bye week. He had to find something to get angry about. And so uh, he found out that the Essendon players had planned an end-of-season trip together and he had this to say. Still on Essendon, and the only successful thing the Essendon players have planned this year is a footy trip. So <laughs> I was really surprised to see a large-scale footy trip that I thought were extinct about 10 years ago. And our clubs really dislike and advise their players not to do trips like this because of the risk that you are to get yourself into trouble. Now, <laughs> I listened to that. And I was thinking, like, isn't that funny? Like, he's, he's saying, like, clubs don't like them doing that and they don't do big trips. And I'm like, I bet they do. I bet just no one invited you, Kane. I think, <laughs> I think Port Adelaide, they were always going on big trips. And it's just like, Kane's like, so, fellas, what are we doing in the season trip? Oh, nothing, mate. Nah, nah, just going to go home and just see the family and stuff. Yeah, no, nothing. We're not playing anything too big. Nothing too, nothing too crazy. Yeah, 39 tickets. We'll just need 39. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like also 
He should be celebrating the fact that Essendon have been managing. Like, I mean, at least they have managed one thing this season. That's a tick. They've got the footy yeah. trip together. Although, I mean, look, they haven't had it yet. All they've done is organise the footy trip. But I would have thought for a club like Essendon, the, isn't bonding... Important. Although, I, I guess... So. Like, I mean, Kane was the guy who picked Jordan to go. He shouldn't go to Bali. And that... So... You know, he's got form in this area. I can imagine why Kane would like wade into this because it's like already in the season, it's paid off well for him, him saying mm. he shouldn't do this sort of thing. And if you send that many players away together overseas, there is a likelihood that some shit will go down. So I think Kane's the casino here. I actually think the odds are in Kano's favour. I Sure. But it's also like uh, <laughs> what he chooses to get angry about. Like it, it really, it really took him scouring, you know, all the the afl dot com to find out what was going on, and that was the the one thing. I mean, was there not like there was no beloved figure, you know, getting inducted to the Hall of Fame that he could take down? <laughs> so like the next thing he could do is like uh, a group of young men who have had a terrible year try and take their minds off it by a bonding session. He's like, that's what I'm going to take down. Yeah, I mean, where was his Andrew Brayshaw is not even the best Brayshaw editorial? That's the sort <laughs> That's of stuff right. he should have been rolling out last week. Uh, now, we thought, um, uh, because there was no uh, men's footy to talk about this weekend, what we do is uh, run a ruler over. I don't even know what the, is it that, that saying actually means. We're going to run a ruler over the teams that didn't make the finals. Is that is that the saying, run a ruler? Yeah, I think we run a ruler over them. We're doesn't gonna sound we're, right though, does it? Doesn't like sound when you right, say it, no. like when you say it out loud, you're like, no, that doesn't that doesn't sound like that can be the expression. We're gonna cast our eye over all the teams that did not make the finals, and we're also yeah. gonna revisit our pre-season predictions for said clubs. Little, uh, little, you know what? They're they're kind of two guys, one cup, AFL adjacent exit meetings. We're gonna right, sit yeah. each club down and give them a sort of frank assessment of how we thought their season went what we do and don't know about them and then send them on their way with some sort of message for, you know, the off-season yeah. and next season. Don't invite Kane on your end-of-season yeah. trip. <laughs> <laughs> like we want you guys to come back bonded, united. Don't invite Kane. Um, all right, so let's start. We're going to start at the bottom of the ladder. Um, Will, you know who finished bottom, don't you? The North Melbourne Football Club. The North Melbourne Football Club. Uh, two wins. For the year, uh, finished with a percentage of 55.8. Don't know what really that means at all. Um, but a pretty dire year. Uh, finished on five losses. Five losses straight. Got their man, Clarko. Yeah, it doesn't um, matter. They won. They won They won the wooden spoon and they won Clarko. So yeah. they're fine. That's good season. Well done. And they, and they had Probably get a priority right. pick as well. Well done, North Melbourne. They get, good and they season. Had the, they had a feel-good story. Ben Cunnington came back yep. two games ago. Um, Luke Uni's Daviak, Luke Davies Uniac. Uh, had a great unlucky, season. Uh, but unlucky not to get All-Australian, at least squad selection. But, uh, you know, he mm -hmm. unearthed a bit of something. Taron Thomas had played well in patches this year. Zerha is a gun. They need to hang on to him. He's out of yes. contract, I believe. But I, I think getting Clarko in... It just dissuades a bit of that, you know, fear around Jason Horn Francis and Zerha and anyone else who was kind of thinking of leaving, right? Yeah, great season. Like, honestly, great season. Go on your end of season trip. Well done, North Melbourne. All right, give him, give him a, give him a, what, what's a, what's a unique ranking system? Two guys, one cup ranking system. Do you give him a, uh, uh, 
Hmm. Um, I'm going to give them eight out of ten shin boners. Okay. Do you know who finished a 17th on the ladder, Will? Uh, well, can we just say, because at the start of the season, we did our little two guys oh, the predictions, AFL predictions. Yeah. Uh, and we basically separated the ladder into three parts. Top six, middle six, bottom six. Yeah. So, oh, man, I got this real wrong. So North I, Melbourne, you, did I have them in the bottom six? You had them in the bottom six, but I had them in my middle six. Mm. Which is uh, very short-sighted. <laughs> I, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't. I didn't think they were going to be a good team. I think I just the shin bonus spirit. I've, I've lived in the shin bonus spirit a bit too much. Um, okay. So, uh, who do you know who finished seventeenth? I'm going to say the West Coast Eagle Eagles. And you'd be correct. And they won just the same amount of games as North Melbourne. Two, slightly better percentage of fifty-nine point eight. Uh, <sighs> It's kind of hard to judge where they're at because it was such a strange start to the year. Gee, thanks a lot, bloody um, Mark. I was going to say Mark Meadows. What's his name? Mark McGowan. Yeah. Mark, Ma- also Mark McGowan. Mark Meadows. So you, you also shut the fuck up, Mark Meadows. <laughs> Trump, former chief of staff. I've been listening to, to too many American political podcasts. Because uh, uh, the, the year started so badly and then a bunch of players came back clearly unfit. Yes. Um, and so... It's, it's hard to know where they sit because they didn't have like their young guns like Oscar Allen. Tim Kelly was obviously carrying for most of the year. Uh, they lose a bunch of experience this year as well. So I don't know. I mean, I think it was a bad year, but you sort of give them a part. I mean, this is what we know about the Eagles. They don't, they don't respond well to adversity, do they? <laughs> when things aren't exactly the way they like them, they kind of just give up. Yeah. And I think that is just one of their essential traits. Yeah. And I think that's why Adam Simpson is kind of their man and their coach that they have faith in them because I think that he gets them. He's like, He's relax, like, guys. You know what? If it gets too hard, just relax. Eagles <laughs> are going to be Eagles, right? We're no good this year. They stopped yeah. trying. We're cool. I'm not giving them too hard a time about it. Like, you know, they were That was the tone players. of his press conferences yeah, most totally. of the like in the first eight weeks, it was like, they're like, you know, so what do you think? Another uh, thumping loss. He's like, I mean, what am I going to do? Have you seen who's available? I'm basically right. playing waffle players. <laughs> what am I going to do? You think you can coach this team? Fine, step up and coach. Oh, okay, it's like it's like that comedian who's like bombing really badly on stage and starts you telling the audience. Here. You think it's funny? Well, you can come up and tell some jokes. <laughs> no, he's the opposite. He's just like the no, 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 man. Like they're already having a hard year. Like there's everyone's sick and you know, like people are getting old. It's a bit of a transition year for us. Like. Chill, man. It's cool. It's just a stage they're going through. They'll be right. We'll get it together. It's like, I, I think he has just relaxed into going, it is what it is this year. It is what it is. Uh, where do you think you placed him? Can you remember? Uh, I would have thought probably they were middle six. No, you had them in the bottom six. Uh, a bit of a bloody okay. prognosticator. Oh. Um, I also had them in my bottom six, which surprises me because I just always assume the Eagles are going to be good. Uh, did they have a bad end to last year? Or, or do we already know about all the COVID and shit? We may I think we already knew, knew about the COVID and yes. By the way, um, I borrowed Nick Nat's kids book, um, Nick, Little Nick's Big Day. Uh, yeah. It is fantastic. Like, couldn't uh, have, I mean, I, look, couldn't have, couldn't I have bought it. Couldn't have put a couple <laughs> of dollars in Nick Nat's pocket. 
<laughs> yeah, Nick Nat, that's what he needs. Just a bit more money, a bit more scratch. <laughs> like he won't get taken care of for the rest of his life staying in WA. He'll never pay yeah. for another meal ever again. That's um, no, a really good kid's book. I mean, I know like every celebrity under the sun has a kid's book now, but I of all the ones I've read, that one is one of the best. It's a, it's a really good book. So I highly recommend anyone but me going out and buying <laughs> Nick <Nat> Nui's <laughs> Little Nick's Big Day. Um, okay. Do you know who is next on this list? I'm just finishing oh, hang on. I'm going to give the with... Eagles seven oh. – I'm going to give them seven players at a nightclub out of ten. <laughs> what? That's a good rating. Seven out of ten? Yep. For Adam Simpson's acceptance of their season, JK <laughs> okay, send off with eight goals. Like for what has commonly been accepted as one some, of the yeah. worst, worst seasons Mate, on record of any professional sporting club. You're like seven out of ten. I give them a seven out of ten because I feel like they owned it. They were just like, this is what you know. They were going through a bad patch, man. Like yeah, life's right. hard, and yeah. they just stopped trying for a bit. And I get it. <laughs> They're the laydown Sally of the AFL. It just right. got a bit too hard. They're like, I'll just they let my team. They're trying. They're like, this <laughs> is too hard. I'm not going to try anymore. <laughs> this is dumb. Um, okay. Um, so the next time finished sixteenth. Ooh, sixteenth. Um, Four um, wins. I don't. I don't know. Who, no, who six fin- wins. Sorry, six wins for the year. Six, Hawthorne? No. It's another interstate team. Uh, interstate. Oh, GWS. God, all the, all, the, all the Western Australians will be like, oh, it's interstate to you, it's interstate to us. We know <laughs> oh. you're the ones who are interstate. <laughs> GWS. Uh, GWS, yes. Uh, with six wins, uh, finished with a percentage of 84.6. Obviously sacked uh, Leon Cameron early in the year, uh, had Spike McVeigh as interim coach, and just announced... Um, uh, Kingsley, Adam Kingsley, Adam Kingsley, Kingsley. yes, uh, former Port Ford Pocket, and the man who is rivaling Bevo for the biggest guns and the thickest neck in the AFL. Like, what do you make of a coach who's more jacked than his players? I mean, I've got to say, with Adam Kingsley, it'll be interesting to see, like, what the effect of there being a new big dog in town has yeah, on the way yeah, the he's got other big... coaches present themselves. Like, he immediately announced himself as like, look at me, I'm one of the big boys. Like, literally, I am one of the but big boys. That's what the... F- so you're going off the same photos I saw, but then, because yeah. I didn't really remember him as a player, but it's like, oh, he was a Ford Pocket. He can't be a big boy if he's a Ford Pocket. Like, is he like Bevo, where he's just like a nugget? I, well, I think he's just fit because he's got like sun's out guns out that is the yeah. new policy uh, <laughs> apparently i would think he should have just gone, gone to the gold coast suns based on yeah, that's right. the him amount of guns that he, him and duke miller could have just like Had dominated Cavill avenue <laughs> <laughs> uh i think i look I, I, don't, I hate to be one of those i told you so kind of guys but i remember saying a couple of years ago maybe even more maybe after 2019 that i wor- worried for the giants because i felt like if they snagged a premiership they have a yeah. better chance of staying relevant through their inevitable dip mm. and now they're going through their inevitable dip and i worry for them because they don't quite yet have the membership base or they're not drawing the big enough crowds that this could be going into sun's type territory even though their list i feel like is a lot better 
I feel like there's more pride at the Giants than the Suns. They seem like more of a professional outfit. But, but the big, big sound be... is not a very big sound at the moment. Like no, there's 4,000 people quiet. at their games and stuff. It's not... They get more at Canberra than they do at Giant Stadium. I mean, Kelly Underwood can't even remember what they're called. And that is probably for me <laughs> <laughs> the toughest thing of all. And then you do look at their list yeah. and it's like, you know, they're still eminently approachable. Like they just every, it feels like every year they've got two or three midfielders that you just yes. like Carlton and Collingwood and Hawthorne just come by and go, well, I'll be having those. Just their pockets clanking as they just like <laughs> shop with the shit out of the giant stadium. Um, so they're going to lose Hopper and Taranto most likely this yes. year. They've still got a pretty excellent midfield. I guess it just depends on, I guess, what Kingsley brings to the table. Is he going to be like a McRae type figure who comes in and just like slaps them all and says, Could you know, be. you guys are good, remember? You're good. Yeah. You're good. Because they, it There's doesn't so feel like... There's so much talent there still. Yeah. But they, it feels like they need a motivator. And if you, you know, if you've watched that uh, documentary on, on Amazon Prime, Leon Cameron loved to swear. <laughs> that was his motivation. Yeah. Fucking, come on, fucking get fucking, fucking, come on. So let's uh, hopefully uh, Adam Kingsley has better tactics. Okay, what are you giving? Well, let's take a look. Our predictions. Um, okay, yeah, so what did we say? You predicted them in the middle six. Yeah. And I predicted them in the bottom right. six. Okay. So that's the rare time where I got something right and you didn't. Um Okay, what do you give them out of 10, Will? Um, 10 I'm gonna give uh, them sausages. Three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. How sausages? I was going to say um, I'll give them, okay, three sausages, and that's one for every coach they've had this season. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who finished above the Giants? In 15th place, uh, seven Hawthorne. wins, new, mortal enemies. Uh, Essendon. Yes, and then I mean, look, we've talked at length about the year they've had. Fucking disaster. Um, who is going to coach them? That is the that's the question. I mean, we kind of missed all the James Heard kind of brouhaha from last week. That can't possibly happen, can it? Please, please let it happen. <laughs> can you imagine the mess that is going to be? Like, I'm not sure I'm going to watch this new Game of Thrones that's on, like, Foxtel, but I guarantee if James <laughs> Heard goes back to Essendon and the House of... That's the story I want to see. I mean, they've lost mm. half their boards walked out this week. Like, they've lost their, you know, CEO and whatever. Like, I mean, half, half the fucking place is gone. Kevin Sheedy's still there. If James Heard went back, I mean, <laughs> Sheedy will come always on. be there. Come but, on. Okay, so hypothetically, so Tom Heard, James's son, I believe, was delisted this uh, last week as well. Okay. What if they do go to James and James says, "Sure, mm. but you got to relist my son," and not as like a rookie preseason yeah. selection. Like you got to take him. <laughs> you got to take him with your with your high. <laughs> They've got picked four in the draft. <laughs> They're like, James, we don't have to do this. We can actually just relist no, 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 no. Tom's been feeling awful all week. And I asked him what would make him feel better. He's like, if the Bombers used the highest draft pick to redraft me. <laughs> I mean, instant respect from me. Uh, Premier's 2023. Um all right, what are you going to, what out of uh, how many shambles out of 10 are you going to give these guys? Uh, I'm going to, well, if we're measuring on the scale shambles, of shambles to rabble, well, I'm, I would give them 10 out of 10 shambles. 
Yeah. But I guess that's like a zero out of ten. When it, I mean, what a mess of a season. What a beautiful, yeah. glorious Essendon style. This is, when we're talking about the DNAs of clubs, to me, this is the Essendon that I love. Messendon, you know, the, yeah. they're always in the middle of something. Like, you know, there's some, always something Some harebrained scheme. Yeah, factions <laughs> and schemes and... Like. They're, like a, they're like a... They're a sitcom character. They're just always up to some harebrained scheme. Some I way mean, just to get a little Kevin bit of an edge. Kevin Sheedy is a mad professor, right? Like, he is a... They're the know. Rick and Morty. <laughs> like, Kevin Sheedy is Rick. I and mean, the Essendon Football James Club Heard is Morty. Is Morty. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so where... All right, this is interesting. Where do you think okay. you picked the Bombers? Uh, top six. Correct, and so did I. We both had them in our top six, as yeah. I believe most of the competition did. We learned our lesson. Um, okay, above the Bombers in 14th place uh, with uh, eight wins... I'm going to keep saying Hawthorne until one of them is Hawthorne. <laughs> is it Hawthorne? <laughs> no. Gold Coast? No. I believe they're the pride of South Australia. Oh, the mighty Adelaide Crows. Actually, the they mighty, did. Mm. Yeah, they did okay, considering. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 so Tex Walker had a good year. Mm. Have you noticed that, like, Dar- not is it Darcy Fogarty, the the kid mm. who's the other, yep. the, and who now looks like I was I would say a mini me, but he's mm-hmm. pretty much the same size as Tex, but he's got exactly the same like body shape. Mm-hmm. He's grown the same mustache. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, great. <laughs> yeah, what a role model! <laughs> what a person to base your life on. Just. Just be like that guy in every way, on and off the field. Just mirror, mirror, mirror him. I don't really know enough about the Crows. I know they had a couple of good wins. I bet you guys. I know that. Yes. And I know that Joshua Shelley had a like electric start to the year. And yes. He was, you know, before Dacos, the rise of Dacos, everyone was talking Rochelle. And now it looks like they're going to be getting Isaac Rankin. Um, so I don't think much a similar season to North really, isn't it? Like enough to kind of get excited about. I think, um, Fogarty, Fogarty kicked over 30 something goals. They unearthed a few kids, Rochelle. They've got, um, uh, they'll have what pick five, pick six in the draft. So there's some things to, oh, it's just the, that's just the humiliating, um, revelations yeah, about pre-season how their camp. club treated. Yeah. <laughs> The, the, apart from the, that, the uh, giant all... shadow of this fucking camp that they went on that they can't shake. But apart from that, <laughs> apart from that, it was all good. Um, do you think Rashudo stays next year? He's pretty much no, he's I mean, he's, in, he's endured on. the worst of the heat. I know, but like I know, like I I do Mark's radio show quite regularly, and like so I've gotten to know him over the years, and he is like everyone in the AFL will tell you the same thing. Just one of the most lovely, well-admired people. He's conflicted. You can't be doing that radio show that he does every day and be on that board. He gets compromised in these situations where his media commitments and his board commitments, they conflict with each other too much. And there's been too many times when he hasn't handled one well because of the other. Like, he doesn't just... He's got 15 fucking kids and 150 pubs and a radio (laughs) show and a fucking television, like, you know, commitment. Like, mate, you've got shit to do with your time. It's like, you don't need to be on the board. And it's not like... 
if he, you know, is becomes uninvolved with the club, they'll cut him off. Like he's one of their greatest. So what are you worried about? Players. Footy tickets? You're fine, mate. Yeah. You can walk Footy in whenever tickets. you want. <laughs> yeah. He wants to, he wants to get a drink card at Ramsgate whenever he rocks up. Mate, you own 150 pubs. You're fine. <laughs> um, okay. Um, out of uh, how many sumo holds out of ten do you give him? Mm, yeah. Um, I'm going to say a very. Dis- I'm going to say oh. Actually, five. Five sumo holds out of ten. B- bit <laughs> okay, of optimism great. about the on-field, but tempered by the, the sumo holds off-field. Well, yeah. yeah. I feel bad because there's a bunch of young kids in that team who probably weren't even playing no. when that shit went down. It's more the culture and the fabric of the club that needs to be addressed, the administration and the senior players at that time. Yeah. And this Tex Walker redemption well. arc's come too quickly for me. Yeah, way I, too I, quickly. Yeah. I, I feel really, like people brushed yeah. over that real quick, real quick, and like it's, and it, but it's, but it felt like there was a concerted effort to, mm-hmm. like polish up his image this year as well. Yeah, like people talking about what a great bloke he was. I'm like, yeah, let's just, I mean, admire the you football. Can, I you guess, can say you have to. It, you can say he's paid his dues, and he is like it's appropriate for him to be back. Playing he said, football. "What about the Jews? <laughs> what's, he, what's he doing now? <laughs> oh no, he's done it again. Oh, Tex. <laughs> oh, Jews, Jews. Sorry, <laughs> completely misheard that. But yeah, there's a difference between having to lay on the fact of like, oh, he's one of the best blokes in the game. Well, he he may have plenty of times when he was a really good guy, but most publicly recently, there was a real, you know, moment where he was a terrible guy, and I think that. Just the way it felt too, yes, they were making too much of a concerted effort to rehabilitate his reputation for me. Yeah. Um, okay. Who finished above the Crows in 13th position? Was it um, Equal wins? Yeah, it was, was Hawthorne. Dear God. It was finally, thank God Hawthorne. it was Hawthorne. Who've had a much better season than apparently I was going to give them credit for. Hardest team, I reckon, to get a read on this year because... In parts, they looked amazing, and then in other tar- parts, they looked terrible. They seem to have a really good forward line. Sam Mitchell doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who... Like, I I just don't think... He, I, I can't conceive of him failing in this jo- in this position, whether or not that means he brings him another flag. I think he will be around for a while, and they will continue to improve, because he just strikes me as that kind of driven, like a Nathan Buckley type. He just... Demands excellence of himself and of others. The thing that I was impressed with by Sam Mitchell this year was that it he wasn't trying too hard. Mm. I thought the thing that might hold him back, because I agree with you, he's a fierce competitor, but I thought that he might, because there was obviously going to be frustrations building a new team, that you might outwardly see those frustrations more often or he might lose it at his players or there might be but that wasn't really his vibe at all he seemed to quite enjoy the way they were playing and you know had a you know like again had a bit of that adam simpson's understood where they're at i want to see what Mm. you can do and then i think next season he won't come back with that same attitude i think he'll he'll raise the expectations that he has of them i think next season would be my my suspicion do you think that Hawthorne v North next year gets a bit spicier considering it's like the man who took his job, you know, the old master and, and, and the upstart who took his job? I mean, that's good, right? Like if that could become a storyline, that's good for North Melbourne too because North Melbourne need a few sticky some, things, right? Like they yeah. need a few games that people are interested in. If they could really 
rev up this rivalry between the two of them. Oh, yeah, I think that works. Absolutely. Bring the That's 70s fun. back. It's the John Northey Cup, you know, like just uh, just bring the 70s back and make it just all about... Because they, they've got a bit of that vibe about them, Hawthorne and North, don't they? Like they're kind mm-hmm. of too traditional. One, since the 70s, one club's fortunes has gone like that and another club's gone like that. There's plenty of arcs in this. There's the Clarkson, Sam Mitchell storyline. Maybe if even Brad Hill go ends up going there, the, you know, ex-Hawk now at North Melbourne. Yeah, I reckon, there'll be, I, I reckon there, there might be a few... Ex-Hawks that end up at North Melbourne. Gunston. So that could be part of it. And it'd yeah. be good to see... I mean, Hawthorne... And that, like that. Ben, ben, ben McAvoy comes out of retirement. Oh. And, you know, <laughs> and then Goldie in the ruck? That'd be pretty good. That's a kind of crazy, crazy like a Fox Clarko move yeah. I could see happening. He, he, he talks Ben McAvoy into coming back for one season because he yeah. has some mad scheme for him and Todd Goldstein. To be just these two old tall men, just like. <laughs> just, <laughs> slow, <laughs> can't go below their knees, <laughs> like really slow ruckman. We've got this great plan. It involves two old tall men. <laughs> yeah, most people are looking for speed through the midfield. Yeah. We're going to go the opposite. We're looking for slow through the midfield. <laughs> <laughs> who's, sl- who's slower than a guy who's retired? <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, how many Jeff Kennett gaffs do you give mm. Hawthorne? You know what? Well, look, probably had a better season than I think. I'm going to give them six, six Kennett gaffs. How the fuck do the Eagles get seven out of ten and <laughs> Hawthorne get... Oh, look, it's your ranking system. All right, yeah, so it's kind of be- like um, your projected score or what the adjusted yeah, score yeah, exactly, is. Yeah, which I still do not understand. <laughs> And do not understand projected score. All right. Um, you uh, picked Hawthorne as finishing bottom six, and I finished them picking bottom six. So where okay. are we? One, two, three, four, five, six. They just snuck in there. Okay. Just snuck in there. Okay. So we're up to around middle six now, which is the bottom four teams, or the top four teams of the bottom nine, or the bottom four teams. <laughs> yeah, no, let's make this more confusing. <laughs> Who finished above Hawthorne? Two wins clear. Of Hawthorne. Uh, the Gold Coast Suns. The Gold Coast Suns. 40 wins, percentage of 102.8, which is not bad for a team finishing two games outside of the eight. Um, they were my second team this year. Yes. But I was really disappointed with how they played from the moment it was announced Stuart Jew got his contract extension. It was like they did a West Coast Eagles. They're like, great, all right, job done. Uh, we, we, still, we got Stewie re-signed. That's all we wanted to do. So let's now just... I mean, look, they lost three yeah. close games by less than a kick, three in a row, which would have, like, you know, set their season up. And they but had... still... Ten is equal their best ever season, so... Yeah. But where they were and the kind of footy they were playing, and now they lose Isaac Rankin, who was a gun this year. Like, I think that's a real bummer, too. I mean, I get why he wants to go home and he doesn't owe them anything, but it would have been great. Like the but fact you know that who, side on. You know who it frees up some money for? Then there's a bit of a whisper going around the AFL. Might be a deal Mark that Lecra. has some moment. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Is Mark Lacroix coming out of retirement, the little Frenchman? Have a, have a think about, like, so Rankin leaves. Right. What sort of position yeah. does Rankin play? Like forward, half forward, forward yeah, pocket. Okay. Oh, and Jordan Goey. So, no. Uh, if I was Larry Emder and we were on the prices right. right, I would say higher. Think of is somebody of- who's looking to get out of Melbourne, has right. a huge contract, 
and is mm-hmm. looking uh, for somewhere that isn't like a footy heartland to play okay. his trade. And, 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 and plays the same position. And the Gold Coast would pay absolutely the money that this person is asking for to have this person as their star player on the Gold Coast. Oh, not Buddy, is it? No, but you're in the no, zone. it's not Dugowie. No. Who's the okay. other one? Who's who's the other person in the game who's got as much box office as those two? Uh, um, okay, Dusty. Dusty. There's a bit of a whisper oh. that Dusty... Oh, like, Dusty, Dusty on the, on Gold, the Gold, Coast Gold Coast makes so much right? sense. He looks like every dude you see on the Gold Coast. The brand of the Gold Coast. Nobody says Gold Coast more than Dustin Martin. They can afford it. Like Rankin actually clears up the money they need. Can you imagine Dusty going yeah, up there? Yeah, do it. Like last couple of years of his career teaching all those young kids how to like play doesn't need to like you know just can be the icing on the cake up there and live the ultimate gold gold coast lifestyle i mean come Uh, on that oh my god actually makes me want to move to the gold coast the the gold coast like local council should put in money to make this happen this would be the best thing that ever happened to the gold coast reopen the candy mansion like unshutter the candy mansion give it to dusty this is your new house (laughs) it's now the dusty mansion (laughs) And he's got to throw Candyman-style parties every month. Just the dustathons, uh, dust dust cella. Because I, I think Tony. Cook I imagine can... there'd be a fair bit of dust at a Gold Coast party like that too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on! Like Tony Cochran is the man to make this happen, and he was speaking recently about the idea that he's not going to be in charge there forever. And I think one big final move, which is to get Dustin Martin to come up and play for the Gold Coast Suns and live in the Candy Mansion. <laughs> it's, I just, it's perfect. I'm just putting in Tony Cochran because I haven't yeah. seen this quote. No. Tony Cochran, um, Dustin Martin? I don't know go. if... Um, let's just see. Like a, yeah, well, okay, let's see. Uh, no, 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 nothing. <laughs> There's nothing new in the news Tony Cochran. Oh, no. No, no. There's a lot of complaints from Tony Cochran. While Suns chairman doesn't want Brendan Gallagher to lead the AFL, while Tony Cochran is mad about the new grand final time slot. Uh, no, 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 there's nothing about Dusty. But that, oh, my God, the Mad King of the North. That, But that makes sense to me. Like, I think... As a Richmond fan, it's kind of like Gary Ablett leaving Geelong, going to the Gold Coast. You don't, you wouldn't be angry, sure. You've gave, given us three flags, how many Norm Smiths, fine, you know, go with our blessing. And then, I mean, a guy like Dusty would, I think he could convert some people up in the Gold Coast. Some guys who look like Dusty, Absolutely. who maybe haven't gone to a game of AFL, are like, he looks like one of our mates. Let's go see what he can do. And then you see what he actually does, you'd fall in love with the game. Oh, make it happen. How do we make this happen? I mean, we've, should we ring Tony Cochran? Should we say we could not find any quotes about you and Dustin Martin? Would you like to get on the record? An exclusive interview with Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast. Um, okay, so where do you give... Uh, uh, how many How many candy... candy can, how many Tony Cochran's? How many, I don't know. <laughs> give, me, uh, give me a score for the six and a half, Six and a half Matt Rausherans. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I reckon that's about right. And where do we have them? 
I had them in the middle six, you had them in the middle six. Okay. You and I pretty much tipped exactly the same, it seems like. Okay, above the Gold Coast Suns, another uh, the other South Australian team, Port Adelaide. Uh, the Port Adelaide Power. That's right. Um, eight wins for the season. Real slow start, as we all know. Uh, lost five games to start the season. And... They deny it now, but Port Adelaide fans wanted to kill Ken Ingley. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it. They straight up wanted him dead. Uh, they wanted to murder him. They had, they found plans from the supporters. In fact, they, the supporters put them on the banner. The Port players ran through a banner that had elaborate plans to murder Ken Hinckley on it. Like I thought <laughs> it was, it was literally his home address. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I was gonna say is Ken Hinckley for a guy that Port Adelaide doesn't want. How is like every other coaching job that co- becomes available at the moment? There's like speculation that it should go to Ken Hinckley, and I'm like, I didn't get that either. That was, seemed weird to me. Like, why would you get Ken Hinckley, the guy who's barely hung onto his? Just why not give it to Leon Cameron if you're going to give it to like a coach who's barely got a job? Well, but Ken Hinckley got mentioned for GWS. He's getting mentioned for Essendon. It's like he's getting more attention. Out, maybe. Do you think it's a Ken Hinckley? led initiative he has no plans to leave port adelaide but he said look if you could just leak my name into some of these other discussions i've got to get these assholes off my back they plan to murder me we're just looking at port adelaide they finished with a percentage of 110 which is pretty good like that suggests they're playing good footy towards the end of the year they did rosie had a loose like that the season they were waiting for him to have like they've got yeah, a lot of I mean, upside they, they, port adelaide yeah the, yeah, except the only the biggest downside for them is their fans who seemingly like just hate their coach and yeah. and I think that they will never fully embrace him because he's not a Port Adelaide person because he's not from Adelaide. Um, all right, I pick them as being top six, so I got that wrong, and you pick them as being middle six, so you are bang on the money there. Uh, what do you give Port Adelaide? How many uh, Xavier Dersma bow arrows do you, do oh, you yeah. shoot? Yeah, I'm going to give. Them? Oh well, I mean, again, six and a half, six and a half arrows. Six and a half. Yeah, they really pulled it out of the fire. I mean, at one point they were mm. contending for finals, and then just bridge, bridge too far. Six and a half Ken Hinckley death threats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just above them are the St Kilda Football Club. Yes. Forty-four wins, a percentage of ninety-nine point three. Finished outside the eight by one game and a whopping percentage, about almost 10%. So it's virtually two games. Uh, look, we all know what happened in the Saints this year. Uh, eight and three at the bye. And then just the ass fell out of it. And it's hard to really put your finger on why. Um, I have not seen Saints fans. I mean, look, we have had so many opportunities to be disillusioned and disgruntled. But there is genuine... like. In a season where we've crossed 60,000 members for the first time ever, a lot to celebrate, I have never seen such anecdotal evidence of angry supporters online who just are so unhappy with everything that the club is doing. They can't, you know how they'll send out those, you know, powder puff kind of press releases and it's like, hey, you know, and the immediate response is like 400 comments of fuck you, Sack Ratton, we're a disaster, we're a joke. Trade Brad Hill, trade Jack Steele, trade Jack Sinclair, get rid of Callum. Like they just, they, they are yeah. out of their minds. Trade Jack Sinclair. <laughs> That's a good yeah. idea, guys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I I don't know where we went wrong. I think maybe what's happened is this, try, this tactic of trading in talent 
hopefully to build a bridge until our younger players came came up. It's just not worked because the younger players have had injury and just haven't come along as quickly as they thought. So it looks like they're going to go back to the trade table. Lenny Hayes is back. They announced Lenny Hayes. We got him from GWS, so he's going to be playing, right? Coach. That's the, <laughs> they've decided to what? make him play again. Well, I mean, I often think that like Jack Steele plays exactly like Lenny Hayes. So if Jack Steele, the actual captain, <laughs> can't get the other midfielders to play like him, how's the guy who's going to be retired for 10 years going to motivate them? He's not even on the ground with them. Um, yeah, look, it feels like St Kilda are at a real tipping point. Um, the, we did bring through really three really good players this year, like Marcus Windhanger, um, Michido Owens, and uh, Nassim Wangani Malera. Yes. It just depends on who we get in this next draft. If we can nail this next draft and hold on for a couple of years, then maybe we'll be all right. But I don't know. I don't know. My brother, who uh, goes down to the tra- goes down to Melbourne to watch training all the time, says that the the old rusted on Saints blokes who go down and watch all the training sessions are not happy with Brett Ratton. <laughs> that is, that's what the old blokes who have been going to Moravan for fifty years. That's 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 what's coming out of their mouths. They don't like Brett Ratton. They think he's a career coach. He's just there to protect his job. Aren't all coaches career coaches? What sort of coach are you talking, are you expecting to have? I mean, Malcolm Blight, I guess, wasn't a career coach, but how did that work out? Well, I think it's the idea that uh, he he's not there to do the best thing for the club. He's mm-hmm. there to do the best thing for him, which is like if he can manufacture and scrape us into the eight rather than developing you know, a game plan and, and, and a list of the will win flags, then he'll okay. do that. I, I love that level of conspiracy, <laughs> conspiracy theory about the way the game <laughs> operates. That is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard in my life. Um, okay. Uh, how many heartbreaks out of 10 do you give St. Kilda? Oh, I mean... This was, you kind of tried to make this the year of St. Killing Me. It wasn't yeah, the St. Killing Me year, but there was definitely like a few shoots of St. Killing Me. Mm. So I'm going to say a lot of potential. I'm going to say seven St. Killing Me's. Okay. But what you need for next season is to really ramp that up. I like, I think you probably go backwards before you go forwards, unfortunately. Well, but <laughs> I reckon that'll be. <laughs> Oh, great. And another season to look forward to where I do a goddamn football podcast. Uh, I had them ranked in the bottom six. You had them in your bottom six. Yeah. Uh, so we're both wrong there. We exceeded expectations. Okay. Well, they had a great season then. What are we talking yeah. about? They nailed it. <laughs> Give me another point. And then the last team who finished ninth. God, I can't who remember. Who did finish um, ninth? Who finished ninth? Uh, let me see. There was a game to decide. Was it clear? Was it clear? It was Collingwood beat. Oh, it was Carlton. Carlton. It was the Carlton Football Club, the Blues, nah, the nah, old dark nah, nah. navy blues. <laughs> I mean, do you think there's any Carlton supporters who are still consuming AFL media? I mean, I imagine that they're like the players; they've just gone on an end of season trip. They're yeah. just not listening to anything. Why would you? Like, what are nah. you doing, Adam Spencer? Who's the statistician for this? The unofficial statistician for no, this statistician, podcast. Statistician, yeah. Uh, who's the, who's that the, on uh, Triple M? Chewy, yeah, Chew, the Chew Man. Yeah, the Chew Man. He's our Chew Man. <laughs> so yeah. Adam Spencer, who is our Chew Man? Um, he Ash Chewer. Um, so uh, Adam said that the Bevo's bottom boys are so bottom that if we had kicked one less goal, one fewer goal in uh, uh, in any of the games Fearful? of the season then that would have meant that uh, Carlton made the eight and we missed out. So that's how fine a margin <laughs> so it was. 
Blues fans. Just, Almost yeah, there. <laughs> makes it like, oh, and to think that they lost to like Adelaide in the same season. Look, no one wanted Carlton to have a humiliating finish the season more than me. But even I was like, oh. <laughs> like, I felt a little stirring of something that made me, I was like, is this like guilt? No, <laughs> I, I, I was the opposite. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, Carlton fans alerted us to this when we were all in on Carlton. Yeah, well, I was. You were hesitant because, you know, you... I was hesitant. But I was like, I no, no, this issues. is fun. I like this Carlton. They've got, like, heaps of exciting players. I'm on board. This is, like, a fun thing mm. to happen. And then Carlton fans, they knew. They knew halfway through the season. They were like, this is all going to fall apart. And then when they started getting on the message boards and saying, we can still miss the finals, when everybody else was like, there's no way Carlton can miss the finals, <laughs> we didn't make this happen. Carlton fans made this happen. They manifested this to happen. And then when like like three rounds out, when suddenly you were like, this is a real thing that could happen. Like Carlton could mm. miss the eight. I was like, this all, all in, this is the funniest way for this season to finish. Absolutely is for Carlton to miss out on the eighth. But even I could not have dreamed they would have done it in such spectacular fashion. I mean, to be so far up in that game, like in fact, two games in a row, to really just have it there for their taking. Ah, uh, it was delicious. It was wonderful. I mean, the great thing about it too was... <laughs> I, I smell what it. you're cooking, Carlton, and it's delicious. <laughs> Yeah, but two weeks in a row they gave us the same two delicious weeks. meal. This is the best. It was amazing, which is just like, fool me once, shame on you, yeah. fool me twice. Well, I guess, well, uh, in the words of uh, George W. Bush, uh, you can't fool me a second time. Yeah, it's like they looked at the week before and said, I'll have what she's having. Yeah, I fucking loved right. it. It was brilliant. And so I also think that I've never seen the media so kind to a a team that has bombed yes. out in such spectacular fashion. Like everyone was like, oh, they'll be fine. And they had a lot of injuries this year and stuff. But they did. Will. They did have a <laughs> lot of injuries this year. Their has anyone was contemplated the possibility that this might happen again next year? <laughs> like, like that even better, they have all their players for the, the, the entire list of the entire season. Yet for some reason, they just can't. Like the, the eight... There's an, there's an invisible force field that just blocks them from getting to the eight, no matter how good a season. Patrick Cripps is racking up 40 touches a game. The yeah. Mackay and Kerno, first and second in the common. Yeah. <laughs> the finals. Sam I Walsh mean, in the same way Sam that Walsh Collingwood wins, doesn't Sam Walsh win wins any the brown low. <laughs> like, <laughs> in the same way that Collingwood wins none of the statistical categories but wins all the games, yeah. can't the opposite. the opposite. They dominate yeah. every statistical Kerno category. Kerno and Mackay both kick 100 goals each. And Carlton still don't make the finals. All right. Uh, how many uh, John Elliott uh, pots do you give this? Uh, oh, I mean, this is magnificent. Like in the in the way that I view our AFL, could not have hoped for more out of this season <laughs> from Carlton. This is just like, what a perfect storyline. Um, it really was yeah. because, like you said, you like the players. Yeah. So... You know, as much as I kind of, you know, my disdain for Carlton is more the the club than the, the right. players. I actually I really agree. like the list and I love watching them play. Um, so I got to enjoy like what a fantastic team they are and the Mackay Kerno combo and Sam Walsh's evolution and Patrick Cripps. Just, you know, I mean, they should have traded him. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like last year, they should have traded him. Can I? <laughs> is it too greedy after right. you've enjoyed 
not one, but two delicious meals, to ask for some dessert. And here's the dessert that I would like, Charlie. Yeah. Patrick Cripps to win the Brownlow. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got the Coleman medal winner and the Brownlow medalist and you didn't make finals. (laughs) Delicious. I don't think that's being great. I think that's the after dinner mint. That's the aperitif yes. that you deserve. It just it just allows you to just to fully enjoy the meal. As I'm going to give Carlton season trap. nine out of ten, but if Cripps wins the Brownlow, ten out of ten. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, let's just go to the mailbag before yes. we wrap up. Um, don't forget, you can see our tips every Thursday, 5 p.m. on Instagram Live. Even if you want to go back through some of our older posts, they're like mini episodes of this. Mm-hmm. We uh, post or pin all our videos from uh, our previous tips on Instagram Live. Uh, and you can go to tofop.com to check out some of our other great podcasts. We do one called Tofop, which is a bit like this, but with less footy chat. And we do another one called Fofop, where Will and I take it into turns to chat with various people. Broden Kelly from Auntie Donna sat down with me this week. We had a very funny chat. We talked a lot about the footy show. So if you like uh, footy and comedy, it's a footy-themed Fofop over at tofop.com. Um, this a bit of correspondence. Oh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can at, at twoguys1cupafl on Twitter and Instagram. Um, this is from Yena. They say North tanked, but not for draft picks. They tanked for Clarko, plain and simple. The draft picks were a bonus. Masterstroke from North. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you were saying earlier, right? Bravo. Like it's a win of sorts. Bravo, bravo North Melbourne. <laughs> uh, Matt says, if the Footscray VFL team had won enough of those close games during the season, we would have made the finals. We need to recruit Jamie Elliott to secure those types of win next year. Yeah, what do you reckon about <laughs> that? To play in the, to the BFL Bulldogs, for the BFL Bulldogs? <laughs> yeah, to go from the biggest club yeah. playing in front of 90,000 people to playing for the Look, Bulldogs too. Jamie, just hear us out. Why, why are you getting <laughs> up, Jamie? <laughs> do you like hot jam donuts? Because we know the guy who owns the stall at Footscray Station. Uh, Reese says that Essendon seem hell-bent on copying Melbourne's rise from the ashes with off-field capitulations alongside on-field. As an Essendon fan, it's oddly satisfying, um, but I'm at a, lo- at a loss as to why. I think it's some sort of insurance scam. I would understand why it would be cathartic to sort of see the, the dominoes fall at Essendon right now. It's been an absolute clusterfuck of a season. So just clean house, fresh start, optimism, nothing but optimism in preseason. Yeah, well, what are they saying? It's the red and black wedding, right? Everyone dies, yeah. <laughs> you start again next season. Um, Alice says as a Port fan the men's season felt like fillers between the AFL seasons but Connor Rosie and Todd Marshall are young beacons of hope Mm -hmm. going forward yeah Marshall's alright isn't he I thought Georgiades was going to be your next kind of like key position forward but he's come along he's come a long way Todd Marshall is Um, one of those players that doesn't look like he should be a good player does that make sense because he's such a dork like Tim English he's such a dork (laughs) (laughs) but he's like a really good player um, okay, uh, Cindy says Tom Barras won our best and fairest. Yet he plays each game looking like he's just woken up from a deep sleep. But Tom Barras is a gun. Yeah. If I could extract any player out of the Eagles, it would be him. If those are the Eagles, right? It's the defender. <laughs> well, that'd be a good place to start to know where he's playing. Um, okay, just shifting over to the Instagram. Um, uh, King Woolman wants to know, do players get new socks for the finals? 
Do they wear like special? Is that is the are the Guernseys like embroidered with finals logos or something? Is are there special finals? That's a good question. I don't. I mean, I think they should get fresh socks for the finals. I mean, because you've played twenty three games, you probably crusted up even your best socks, especially if you're a midfielder. Or do you need to wear socks in like you wear shoes in? That's a. Because you don't want to go to finals with fresh socks, and when you've been playing all season in the comfortable socks, and then suddenly you're like, you got these fresh, fluffy ones. Suddenly you got syndesmosis because <laughs> like your socks, socks were too fresh. Um, this is a question for Charlie. This is from Jason. More for Charlie. Who would you rather win the flag, the pies or Geelong? I think the pies. I mean, I just think I look. You admire Geelong, but I admire them in the same way I admire like. A friend of mine who's an accountant. Oh, yeah, like, good on you. Like, I'm sure that's a... <laughs> you seem to be dependable and reliable. It's not for me. <laughs> but the pies are like your friend who joined a band and is fucking touring and they don't know where, where they're going to be next. It's exciting. I want to see the pies story. What about you, Will? Geelong or, or the Geelong. pies? Geelong. I mean, it's sad to say... Either. You like Geelong. Is that because your dad? Is that why you like Geelong? I think is so. Is it your, your dad? I think it probably right. is that my dad barrack for Geelong and I've... Got a lot of good memories of going to Geelong games with my so yeah I but also I kind of like the it's got that sort of country town surfy like vibe that idea of like I, I you know Chris Scott I kind of like you know I like their players I'm fond this of, is something you know. that uh, we talked a little bit uh, on uh, Faux Fault with Broden Kelly we talked a little bit about um, did you hear that Guy Pierce uh, he went on Waitley last week on SCN did you hear that, that interview, interview? yeah. And like how much he wanted to talk footy and how much Jared kept asking yeah, him dumb about questions about Hollywood. Career. And he was like, I, I don't know. want to talk about He'd be that. He's so keen and to I talk about your show to talk about yeah, sports. sports. I know. And then the, the bit that just really surprised me is uh, Guy Pierce is like, oh, yeah, I could text uh, Tom Hawkins or, or Joel Selwood. And I, in my head, I'm like, what would you guys have to talk about? <laughs> like, I just could not see a dinner party with those three. Like, I just, I mean, even Tom Hawkins, uh, Joel Selwood and anyone. Mm. I can't imagine. Like, does Joel Selwood just demand excellence in every situation, no matter what the context is? It's like, you know, mate, you got to finish that steak. Yeah. you got to do it together. <laughs> right, come on, fellas. That's all. We're going to finish the steak. We're going to do it together. Get around him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a leader of men. Um, okay. Uh, Scum Royal wants to know, or Royale, I should say, are the Swans a lock to win the flag with both Josh Kennedy retiring? Uh, sorry, oh my God, are the Swans a lock to win the flag with Josh Kennedy retiring and bo- uh, like as with as happened with Bob Murphy and Nathan oh, Jones? Yes. The difference there is that Josh Kennedy was already a Premiership player. Mm. Uh, Bob Murphy and Nathan Jones, it was heartbreaking <laughs> that they did not get to play in a grand final because they were club legends. So it's more like if there was a Swans player, if it was Luke Parker, did he win and play in 2012? Maybe he didn't. I don't know. If there was a Swans player who's like one of your best players, yeah. like a Dane Rampey or someone, and they haven't won a flag, and then, yeah, that would be. That's what that's what you need. He needs to retire. Yeah. Make but if, but retire. if Horse got up there and he said, like, I, I want to call... Yeah, Josh Kennedy up here. Josh would be like, no, I'm cool. I've got one. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, who will be the most Richmond team of the finals? Says it's child's play. <sighs> who is the most Richmond? Brisbane. I mean... Brisbane. 
it's just not going to surprise anyone if Brisbane Brisbane have the potential to do something unexpected. I think that's like the most predictable result with Brisbane is that they just drop out of the finals. But but they of all the finalists, they have the most Richmondy elements in Chris Fagan yes, and Joe Danaher. I agree. Like Joe Danaher is basically Matthew Richardson. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I think I think it's Brisbane for me. Um, yeah, I think probably you're right, Brisbane. All right, uh, we'll wrap it up there before a connect connection gets any worse. Uh, so let's uh, plug the website. I've plugged uh, the tips. Is there anything else we need to plug? Um, no. You could, you got anything <laughs> I don't have any shows. <laughs> I don't think it would. Oh, actually, I do have one thing to plug. Oh, yeah. um, probably worth letting people know. So we are going to be doing a grand final, post-grand final show. Uh, Will is not going to be able to make the trip because of obviously he's doing TV and COVID. It's not great for him to be in a room filled with people all expelling uh, air from their lungs and then having to go do a TV show. So it will be me representing Two Guys One Cup and the guys from Junk Time uh, post grand final show. I believe it's going to be at the Belgian Beer Cafe where it normally is. Different room this time. I think we've been bumped out of the main room into a into a slightly smaller room. Uh, the the um, European so, Beer Cafe, not the Belgian. Oh, beer what did cafe. I call it? The Belgian. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. Europe, isn't it? <laughs> bloody semantics. <laughs> I then mean, Tony Cochran still out there. So oh, it's the same bloody thing. <laughs> uh, the European Beer Cafe. Uh, so tickets will sell quite quickly. Yes. I spoke to Chamber a couple of days ago and say, so I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be less capacity than previous live shows. So uh, when the details of that uh, come along, we'll post them. But yes, there will be a post-grand final show this year, which reminds me, I should probably book a ticket down to Melbourne now <laughs> while they're still affordable. Uh, but that is it for two guys. One cup this week. Play on, not 15. Ball. Go bottom, boys. We are two guys, one car. Listener.